Hello and welcome to the Nicole QT podcast with me, Nicole. Welcome to season two and episode one. It feels amazing to be back and thank you so much for coming. Up top, I need to give a little trigger warning as today's episode is all about mental health. So if you are one of those people that really don't want to hear anything about mental health today, the good, the bad and the ugly, please turn off the episode now and protect yourself and your own mental health because as we know that is the most important thing. So if you are one of those people, goodbye, hopefully see you in episode two and take care, okay? For everybody else, thank you for sticking around and coming back for season two. If you haven't listened to season one, go and listen to that one at a later date. None of the episodes really need to be listened to in order. So have a good listen of those and see which ones you want to be interested in. There's lots of different episodes out there for you that I have made um, all about things like top tips for NQTs, the guidance that's out there and lots of other ones. And I can see the stats with Anchor as I've discussed before and some of them have have been really, really popular and some less popular. So it's it's quite good that I can kind of see the topics that people want um, to talk about. Um, Well, for me to talk about really. And um, yeah, so thanks so much for everybody who's been listening and thank you for coming back for season two. So before I start, I just want to say um, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at the Nicole. I've said that wrong, haven't I? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Nicole QT Podcast. Um, and also before I begin, I just want to say I'm not qualified to kind of talk about mental health in a way that um, a professional is. I have zero qualifications in mental health. I am not an expert, but I am very, very interested in mental health. And I think that we all should be talking about mental health. And I don't think you need lots and lots of qualifications. I think obviously people should be qualified in mental health, but I'm not one of those people and I just want to give a little bit of advice and a few anecdotes and just kind of open up this conversation about mental health. So please don't say you're not qualified in mental health. I know I'm not qualified in mental health and I'm giving you that sort of um, information up top and I'm, I'm kind of disclosing that now like I am not qualified in mental health. But I think, yeah, let's talk about mental health. So what have I been up to over the holidays? So as I come to you now, it's one of the last weeks of the holidays. I know we all go back at different times, but I go back quite early on, um, very early on in September, um, the 2nd to be exact. And um, yeah, so I've, to be honest, I've, I've been having lots of fun over the holidays. I'm not going to lie. I've been on lots of trips. I've seen lots of family members. Um well, my parents really, family-wise, they came to visit. Um, I've done lots of trips with my boyfriend. I've seen some friends. And things in that respect have kind of almost gone back to normal. It, a lot of things don't feel normal. And they don't feel quite the same as they used to. But I'm beginning to try and get out there more and see people at a safe distance. And try and follow the guidelines. But enjoy myself. And I think... This summer I've I've kind of done that 
quite well like I've done exactly what I've needed to do I've rested like I've needed to do I've had fun like I've needed to do because for a lot of people including me um I can't just relax completely not not for a long period of time anyway I get a bit edgy and I get a bit like oh I need to do something I need to do something so my version of like relaxing in quotes is actually to be very busy um and it's all about you know yourself and what you enjoy so I've I've definitely enjoyed myself this summer and I've made the most and I am 100% ready as much as I can be <laughs> I'm my version of ready for September so yeah that's that's something that um I hope you've done the same and I hope you feel ready because you're probably more ready than you realize and also the work that I've kind of done over this holidays um kind of in the preparation for my NQT year I've spent probably about five days in total over the past six weeks in school um which sounds like a lot because it's only one room but I had to really 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 go through every inch of my classroom and I'm very lucky I've got a very large classroom and I've got lots and lots of storage in my classroom but that meant that over the last few years um with the turnover of of different adults using the room it just meant that there was so much stuff in the room a lot of it was like old books and things that that belonged really to children and also like the other half of the stuff was just rubbish that teachers had just put in a cupboard and not thought about for a couple of years so I went through every inch of the classroom and I kind of had that freedom and just really went through and and was very thorough and very um, cutthroat really about it all and if I wanted it I kept it if I didn't want it I found the person who it belonged to if it was an obvious answer or I chucked away and (laughs) that might sound very um, yeah cutthroat really but the reason I did that was because I wanted the space to feel my own and I wanted to have that confidence to know that if someone came to me with what's this in my classroom I wanted to have an answer to it I didn't want rubbish in there I didn't want other people's belongings and along with that if you've left something that you want you should you should have it with you in your next classroom or if it's rubbish it's it's not used to anyone so as much as it sounds like I've just come into a new school and um, moved everything around and I, I kind of have but with the best intentions for me and everybody else and I also want the children to be in a space that is um, theirs as well it's their new classroom as much as it's my new classroom and with all the cupboard space that I have I want it to be put to use and I, I, I don't want a messy cluttered classroom because I really work well in a classroom which is tidy and um I don't know just like excess clutter makes me a bit stressed (laughs) and I don't know why that is but I I keep my bedroom at home very very tidy so why would I not keep my classroom tidy I spend more time well I'm probably going to spend more time in my classroom than I in my bedroom so yeah I, I I do want it to be a space that's welcoming tidy neat and when all the other people use my classroom I want them to come into a space that's you know 
not covered in rubbish and that's something that was pointed out to me before when I very like when I was very new um well I am still very new but when I first like went to the school and I kind of was given my classroom and it it was always kind of oh this classroom used to be like this this classroom used to be messy this classroom used to be this. and I was like you know what I'm really not having that this year and I, I kind of said to a couple of the teachers that I'm working closely with I said don't worry about this space this space won't be like a negative space it won't be the messiest classroom in school like it it won't be that space next year like I'm promising you now like I'm going to try my hardest to keep this a really neat and tidy space for everyone so I've done that and I've <laughs> it took me ages I've done all my display boards made them really nice I've gone through all the big storage units that I've got I've got a nice little um, I wouldn't even call it like a reading area. It's literally like a, a separate room attached onto my classroom, which is the size of like a large cupboard. If you imagine like a walk-in wardrobe size, but um, I don't know. It's probably like two meters by three meters, I think. Um, but it's enough to have like an intervention space and a reading space um, and some cupboards and things that I've got books on and you know it's it's a really nice space at the moment so yeah i've i've sorted all of that out and my classroom is amazing so yeah i love it and i'm really proud of what i've been able to do and i've pretty much done it single handedly i had a couple of tas um back one of the boards was backed up by one of my tas i've got a morning afternoon ta um and I think she did a little bit of cutting out for me which is fabulous because I did so much of that um and my TAs are absolutely fantastic I can't say that enough um I can't wait to start working with them and I hope you guys are in the same I'm rambling on I know that but <laughs> um what else have I done work-wise um I have also um done a bit of planning which is something that's very very new to me I haven't done very much well, pretty much I haven't done any long-term planning, so like medium terms and things like that. Um, I haven't done any of that, especially because I missed like my second placement. I think that's kind of the time where you get into that sort of like long-term planning rather than like in placement one, especially with the PGC, you're like running lesson by lesson and you're like given a lesson like less than a week in advance and you're told plan for this lesson you're not kind of given the responsibility of like planning lots and lots of series of lessons like maybe you'll get one or two or three possibly like a week or something like it was quite common that I'd do maths for the week but it's you know with medium terms you kind of you want to see that progression over a long period of time and I've never really been given that responsibility before so I've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks um, doing science and history and I've learned a lot to say the least and <laughs> to be honest haven't done too much of planning like from scratch it's been a lot of like changing over to new formats and things like that and kind of just sprinkling a few ideas in there but I need to look a lot more on the specific lessons and make sure they're great so yes I'm getting I'm getting there but I'm learning lots and lots and I've done a little bit of CPD as well with like online courses and free stuff. So yeah, basically I've been having a great time. 
So I really need to stop rambling and we should get on with the episode. Just before I begin, I will say that I did prep a mental health episode um, a while ago now, probably like two months ago. Um, But I kind of want to redo it and say all these things that it will become more apparent today um, once you've listened to the episode, like why I've kind of rehashed everything. Um, Because I think I want this episode about mental health to be more relevant to now and um, the things that we're going through as a society, um, as the world really, it's, it's been like discussed as like a national trauma of COVID that we're going through now. Um, so of course that has a massive um, impact on mental health. So I kind of want to discuss those aspects of mental health too, as well as other things. So yeah, this is another trigger warning. If you don't want to listen to anything about COVID or this this kind of um this time is bringing up too much mental health unease then please turn off the episode now if not it is time for me to begin the episode and stop rambling so when discussing mental health i think it's really good to discuss what mental health is because i think a lot of people have this kind of warped idea that mental health only happens to people when actually mental health itself is something that we all have. We all have good mental health. We all have poor mental health. We all go through the motions and emotions which contribute to mental health being good and mental health being bad. And those sorts of um, things happen to all of us and it's very, very normal. It's it's not that some people have poor mental health and, and most of us are okay. Like it's it's really not like that. And I think this kind of opinion is being unpicked a lot more and I think a lot more people are being exposed to um, what mental health actually is and we're seeing it um, broadcast um, on social media in the news and things like that and it's really coming to the front of people's um, attention I think that's great and I think that needs to carry on and that's of course why I'm talking about it today not just because I've had mental health troubles in the past, but because I think we all need to talk about it, um, whether you're having a good day or a bad day. I think it's great to talk about mental health, emotions and stress. At the moment, I think with COVID, our emotions are heightened and that's because of stress and the trauma of the situation and things changing. Um, the emotions that we could feel at the moment due to COVID could be anxiety, they could be depression, Um, It could be the uncertainty and all of these things can lead to poor mental health on a daily basis, but also on a prolonged period of time, which can really take a toll on our body, on our sleep and our work. And there are lots of different things that then can be impacted, um, such as relationships, our career and so on. So it is really, really important that we get our mental health up to a a good standard and we really take care of ourselves and do everything we can in our own power to protect our mental health and to ensure that we're having good days and it's it's not always possible but we'll talk about that more also i think um going back to anxiety it's it's definitely been heightened for me and i think this kind of present situation that we're in I think not for myself, but for others, it it may actually be present for the first time 
um, this sort of anxiety um, around what will come around the corner, what will happen next, um, un- uncertainties about things like careers and um, family members, all those things that we kind of hold close to ourselves as teachers and even just other people in society with other careers. Um, I think all of those things that we we sometimes take for granted, like being able to see family members, being able to leave the house and go to work, um, being able to see our partners on a regular basis, all of those things, especially at the beginning, were kind of stripped away. So yeah, anxiety is a big one um, when we talk about mental health. And it's it's really important that we kind of have that awareness of our own personal feelings and situations and what what really creates those crisis points for ourselves and what what really can um i don't want to use the word triggers but if if i say the word trigger you kind of will understand what i mean but those those points in the day or those circumstances which do create anxiety and which do kind of affect us mentally and i think um alongside that one of the points that i've really um kind of narrowed in when I've been speaking about mental health in the past is that in quotes big things don't specifically need to happen for, for for people to have poor mental health there doesn't need to be this sort of massive catalyst for somebody to have poor mental health it can be something that has just developed and it's it's not like everybody needs to have this massive traumatic kind of instance or incident or point in their life where mental health can stem from it's not like that for a lot of people so please be aware that um questioning people's mental health and saying well why have you got poor mental health nothing's happened to you this happened to me like that can be one of the most damaging things that you say to somebody with poor mental health. So I think it's really, really good for people to share their stories and destigmatize poor mental health and the situations that happen um, because we do all experience poor mental health and it isn't rare and we all should be a part of the conversation. I think going along with that as well, like the struggles that we all face are very different and something that has been kind of um, a phrase that's been um, pushed about a little bit, which which I kind of like, is that we are all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. For us, for people to say we're all in the same boat, we're all fearing covid we're all in this big pandemic together it's not the same for everybody the struggles that i'm facing is not even the same as somebody facing that's that's in my house do you know what i mean like we're, we're all going through this big national trauma but we're all having different um there's there's we're all having different experiences of what's hard and what's hard for me will not be something that's hard for somebody else so we we can't compare that to each other we need to kind of have that awareness of other people around us and sympathy and just 
just be kind to everybody. I think that's that's another thing that's kind of coming out. I think there's a lot of ping, finger pointing and um, yeah, it's not helping with the anxiety and the struggles that we're all facing. So yeah, um, I'm just going to talk a little bit more about what we can do to help each other and help ourselves regarding mental health. And then I'm going to go and talk a little bit more about um, what advice is out there, if it's good or not. Um, You can probably hear from my tone of voice that I'm not too impressed. But that's not the conversation for just now. What I'm going to say right now is that we all need to work together and finger pointing doesn't help anybody so yeah let's feel what we feel and be honest about our feelings and share with people that we love how we feel and the whole social distancing thing is I don't know I think I find it really really hard because I am very social and I'm very um I don't know I I like to see and be close to my friends but I'm not saying I like touch my friends and that's important to me because that just sounds strange and that's that's not the case but I I do live like alone so for me um going out a couple of times a week with different friends and going to like a coffee shop or going out for something to eat like those sorts of situations are kind of like not what made my life but were like a huge like positive in my life so having those like taken away was definitely something that was difficult and now as we've like I don't want to say come out of the other side because that's not quite true but when things have started to like open up and we've been able to meet friends and kind of do stuff I can I can see that that's definitely had a positive impact on my mental health and I hope that everybody is kind of taking on board like what we can do rather than seeing what we can't do and I think things are things are starting to become a little bit more closer to that normal that we wanted back um I don't think we're going to get that normal back um but who knows I, I can't make those predictions and I think it's it's kind of not healthy to make those kind of predictions of oh I don't think this will happen because as much as I want to be like realistic it's also like getting your hopes up in a strange way like oh I think this so that might happen you have to kind of manifest good things but don't get your hopes up because also that's another thing that contributes to my anxiety so anyway I'm getting sidetracked again so something that I wanted to discuss was kind of this overcoming of bad experiences and burying those bad experiences um, and kind of trying to bounce back really really quickly and pretend that they didn't happen and I think it's definitely something that I try and do and I think not to blame it on my mum but my mum's very much a oh no it's fine like you're fine don't worry don't worry and like I think it's kind of something that I've grown up being like don't don't worry about it don't hold on to it when actually I think those lessons need to be learnt and you should take on those things and you should keep them with you because yeah they're lessons and you you learn from your mistakes and you kind of even if they're not your mistake that you made bad experiences can really educate us to the future 
and if we kind of like wish something to be over really quickly we might not be like healthy in our mindset of like what actually happened and we might not fully understand what happened and then something might come back to bite us in the future and I think if if we're very present in what's happening and we have that awareness of like why things happened and what we can do for ourselves and I think we're we're much more likely to actually be okay in a faster period of time if that even makes sense if that's the right sentence to say but I think yeah it's it's a huge it's a huge thing um for us all right now so we shouldn't really have to pretend that we're okay and a version of okay is good enough we don't have to be happy we don't have to be anything um we just want to work towards kind of being more positive and I think that's the key at the moment I don't think it's important that we're all on social media having massive smiles and drinks with our friends and kind of pretending that this didn't happen because it has affected us and I think if if you don't want to you know be all excited and happy and that that's perfectly fine you're within your right to do that you know especially if this has affected your life dramatically if you know there's there's lots of different ways this can affected people affect people and I, I don't want to kind of gloss over that I think it's it's really important that everyone is seen in this um, space and that you know it, it has been really really hard for a lot of people um, I'm gonna go on to now I want to talk now about um, what advice is out there um, in regards to COVID and what the government is saying, um, what is being said online and what that kind of has to do with our mental health and what can help, what can hinder, um, etc, etc. And I think I want to jump right in with saying that there are a lot of scare tactics out there and even from websites like the BBC, TES, TES, there's loads and loads of problematic articles and headlines and um, things being written which are scaring people, not just from the government, but from those websites that we go to and we think we can trust. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about that. First of all, as teachers... Um, we kind of look for education websites as well as things like the government and the BBC for advice. So I was just looking at the TES website today and I was on an article and I was reading and towards the right hand side they have they have a list of like one to ten of their most read and on other pages or if you scroll down there's just other articles that you could read and I was like quite far down on this article because I was you know busy reading um an article and I can't even remember which one it was now because it it literally grabbed my attention I looked to the right hand side of the page and it was like a list of um other articles you could read it wasn't like a one to ten it wasn't like the most read it was just other articles you could read and I'm just going to read out to you the ones that were there and hopefully it will speak for itself so these are the names of the links that you click on 
Um, I think it's probably the title of the article, but I'm not 100% sure. So these are the links you could click on. If people had coronavirus, but sent them in. That was the first one. Second one. Will fear of coronavirus affect your teaching? Third one. We're sending pupils off to swim in COVID soup. The next one. Teachers are more likely to get COVID on their coffee break. And it goes on and on and on. Those like those are just the first few that I read. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like even just reading those, my anxiety was like, whoa, should like should I be more worried than I am to go back to school? Because I wasn't that worried. And then I started reading and the more I read, the more worried I actually was. And it shouldn't be like that especially from a website which is supposed to be for teachers by teachers and I really thought it would be a place for me to calm my anxiety on and answer my questions rather than create more like mini dilemmas for me to think about and I it it just really worried me that that was kind of the stance that they were going for and it does seem like scaremongering especially the one that was like we're sending teachers off to swimming covid soup because it's in quotes as you can tell um hopefully sorry i probably should have said that a little bit clearer but who is saying that where is that information coming from what facts are there to back up that to swim in covid soup it just it's so like it's dehumanizing as well and i, I just cannot believe that that's kind of out there for teachers to be exposed to, especially us new NQTs that have never been a teacher in a school before. I've been a TA in a school, but I've never been a TA in a school in a global pandemic. So I don't understand how this is going to go. And for people to be reading, we're sending teachers off to swim in COVID soup. I don't know many NQTs that wouldn't be completely shocked and upset by that phrase. So, yeah, our mental health is definitely on the line when it comes to websites and articles. So, TS, I'm a little bit confused and I hope that things kind of improve when we get back to school. So, I'm probably going to stay off that website for a while. Um, uh, I also listen to the podcast as well and without being kind of harsh um i've just taken a step back from it because i think some of the things that are discussed are not discussed in enough depth and i think as nqts we need to kind of be a bit more protected when it comes to our mental health and i think listening to some of the stories that have come out recently i think it's best if we just you know really look after ourselves and yeah stay away from things that are gonna scare us because it's not needed and we shouldn't be scared it's it's a new job we should be excited about and we're doing a fantastic job so yeah i just i just hope that nqts aren't so scared that they think that they can't do it and they turn away from the profession because i think i think that some of these things that are coming out online are, are going to do that to a few people and you've got to be a pretty tough cookie 
to read these things online and then go into school. Um, so coming back to the government and kind of mental health um, regarding advice and kind of what's what what has been coming out from the government basically and it's it doesn't take an expert to kind of see that there's been a lot of u-turns and if it's not been exam results it's been wearing masks um i've just read something about um high risk areas of secondary schools are going to require masks to be worn in and things like that and it's just so complicated like has the government come up with very much that's been straightforward i don't know that's probably not for me to answer um but i did a quick google earlier and i googled um gov supporting mental health those four words and what kind of came up was an article from march and i looked i looked and it was updated on the 4th of august so you know 20 plus days ago but what actually has been said from the government is is quite it's not problematic it's just not helpful basically um so let me discuss a little bit more about it so the advice that's live on the website gov.uk um from the person who is the mental health minister who has had coronavirus in the past this is the advice that is live which is on their website at the moment um which clearly hasn't been updated says it's imperative that we stay at home to beat coronavirus and save lives which was published at the end of march which hasn't been updated which is on the mental health um pages and for me i just i just find that so problematic mainly because what what about all the things that the government are telling us that we need to do now like a lot of people have gone back to work now so i can't stay at home also what about the whole eat out to help out scheme they are literally throwing money out there to encourage us to go out of our house but the advice on mental health is to stay at home it needs to be updated it's so like (laughs) it's so dated now like things have changed since march like are we moving forward like do they still want us to stay at home or is that just an economy thing like it's so confusing and I'm sure that people out there are looking for mental health advice and and to be honest I wouldn't blame them if they didn't go to the government websites I'd I'd suggest if you really do need help you go to non-profit organizations and charities such as Mind um, who really do care about people and their mental health I, I don't know anyone that would think going to the government would help, mainly because of the things like waiting times, lack of priority with mental health. But that's another conversation for another day. But I just thought it's so mindless and so like unhelpful that a statement was released back in March and it's not been updated. Everything else has been updated. 
Think about what, what schools have been through since March. All of the guidance that's been updated and updated and updated at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. But this mental health page has stayed the same since March. I just think it's really, really unhelpful. And I don't know what this 4th of August update was. But from what I will discuss now, <laughs> there's so little clarity of what actual like mental health support can be received which is actually from sort of not the government itself because it's kind of not their specific job but even the signposting is a little bit off so I wanted to be really specific in kind of what I discussed um, about what they're not doing um, regarding coronavirus and mental health so I kind of narrowed in on um a section that says people with autism and this section is pretty much two sentences long and I'm going to read them to you and I'm kind of going to leave it up to you whether you think this is helpful or not. Some people with autism will, f will be finding coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak stressful and may be worried about getting the virus or changes that might happen because of it including staying at home or that is one sentence. There are ways you can take care of yourself and prevent spreading the virus. That's the advice. Next paragraph. Understand what is happening. So then it goes on to discuss what is happening with COVID rather than mental health advice. I'm sorry, but in my opinion that none of the above has been helpful. What what are they trying to highlight? That people with autism don't understand COVID? Because in my past experiences, working with people with autism, discussing with people with autism, what how they feel about things like COVID, etc., etc. I think when when people with autism don't understand something, Rather than running from it, a lot a lot of the people that I've worked with, for example, like to Google, like to find out and like to be on top of what they don't understand. And I feel like this is saying you're going to be anxious if you don't understand. When, yes, the uncertainty is that we don't know if we're going to catch the virus or when or if we can prevent it. But that's that's not helpful at all and I'm just it just confuses me so much that they're not actually giving any sort of specific mental health guidance they're just saying these are the ways that you can take care of yourself and prevent the virus that's not mental health support and <laughs> I just think it's so there's so much more that can be done and it's not fair and children with autism are very bright children too and if they feel out of control that's probably because we've not prepared them for something and I know that you can't prepare a child for a global outbreak of a quite deadly virus but you can then give advice and since March they've managed to pluck up two sentences to put on the government website 
and there's no links as well. There's there's a link to how to create an autistic passport, which is basically something that you create to kind of highlight your daily struggles, sort of thing, like what what you um what you need help with or what you struggle with, your anxieties, things like that. If you are autistic, and that's kind of something that you may wish to do if you're autistic anyway, without a virus happening. So I think it's, again, I don't, I don't think this is helpful and I don't know what we can do to make this better. I really, I, I'm, I'm stuck for words. So I'm probably going to leave this conversation there so that I don't get too annoyed about it. Just one thing I forgot to say, (laughs) sorry, um, the, the information that is given on autism and coronavirus regarding mental health, um, it, it does just talk about the prevention and the physical symptoms. That is all that it discusses. And, you, you know, please go and have a look at this guidance. I'm, I'm not making it up. Um, there is a lot of talk about physical symptoms and preventing the spread, which, in my opinion, is irrelevant and if I wanted to find out how to not spread the virus, I would go to a specific page on not spreading the virus. I wouldn't seek out mental health support on the government website. And then, you know, does, does that make sense? So hopefully, hopefully that's a, a little bit more clear. So now we've discussed all of the problematic things that are out there I think it's only right that we kind of talk about all the good things that we can do to help ourselves support our own mental health because um, we know ourselves best and we know what works for us we know what doesn't work for us and I think it's really good when we can find out new things that help us and kind of be on that metaphorical journey of um, improving our mental health and protecting our mental health and staying nice and positive. So I think that's kind of what we should discuss now. Also, I do want to say that things that will be good for my mental health may be not so good for your mental health. And there isn't a sort of blanket cure for anything going on in our brains. So please, please, please don't find or... Don't don't kind of take anything that I say as is going to be, you know, helpful for your mental health because we are all very, very different. So please find what works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, please don't stick at it. Please try new things and be very open to new things. But yeah, don't get bogged down with it. I'm firstly going to talk about um, what is good for me. Then I'll maybe talk about what is good and what I found online and then we'll talk about all the other things that are kind of like myth busting things and um, everything else that kind of makes up the advice given to us with mental health. So what works for me is kind of like having the freedom to do nothing and I can kind of do that for one day. And I can kind of have that like day in bed and that 
real like hibernating day where I watch Disney films and I kind of relax and I don't speak to anyone and I'm really just kind of like feeling my feelings so that first day for me kind of when when I feel like my mental health isn't so great that day for me is really vital and that kind of like grounds me and kind of like helps me to think and I kind of have that time to I don't know I just kind of like it's like a recentering day like a like a calming day that's probably the best way to describe it and then from that day I will like kind of do the opposite I'll go from like relaxing like not doing very much physical things to like the next day like going to the gym and I think like it's like flipping that coin of like you could do nothing or you could do everything and I think it kind of like shows me like how strong my body can be and I really really enjoy the gym so I often go to the gym or go for a run and I think those endorphins help of course but I think it's it's more like uh, me testing myself and me being like pushing myself and saying yesterday you wanted to do nothing today you want to do this or this and you you know it's kind of for me it's hard to put it into words but um I I do really enjoy like testing my limits and kind of being very much like empowered and I think that that sort of like it's difficult to put into words that kind of strength that I find like within myself is kind of what what like helps me to like get myself back to normal and I kind of proved to myself that I am capable and that that I am strong and purposeful and and all of those things. And of course, like exercising is said to be one of the best things for um, mental health, but it's it's not going to be like that for everybody. So even just a walk may help, but if that's not something you want to do, please don't do it. I think other advice that's out there is like, tactics like grounding exercises like where you can kind of like see five things touch four things like there's lots of variations of like those but um you can kind of tailor them to yourself but um I think those sort of exercises are really good for um anxiety and I've never suffered a panic attack but I think if I kind of was in that huge situation where I felt completely overwhelmed in a situation I think that one of those exercises would really help. So if if you are suffering with your mental health, please do look out for things like that that can help you on a daily basis or when those circumstances arise. And yeah, so there's lots of advice out there. I quite like looking at quotes and kind of tips and things on social media. I know that social media isn't always the best place if you have poor mental health. Um or you are suffering from your mental health that day but for me that's something that works and it's probably not going to work for everybody. Um, Another thing that people discuss quite a lot with mental health is sleep and I love sleep, I love a good nap. Um, Sleep was definitely like a coping mechanism for me in the past especially um, when I was at school. If I had a stressful day at school what I would do is instead of coming home and like worrying about it, I'd just nap for like two hours, (laughs) 
which isn't like looking back on it is like really not healthy um but for some people that might look to be healthy but for me it was like an escape so just just be really like mindful of like having good quality sleep and like why you're sleeping and you know what you're getting out of it are you trying to like run away from your problems or are you having those like good quality like eight hours a night like what I would do was I would um have a really stressful day at school um come home have at least two hours of sleep have my dinner with my parents um then think oh my goodness I've got all this like schoolwork to do do it until like 10 p.m not really relax not really like do anything like me time wise or kind of like not not like enjoy myself but this this wasn't all the time this was just like when my mental health was bad and then I would kind of like go to sleep at like 10 11 o'clock wake up like eight o'clock for the next day rush to school within 20 minutes and then start the cycle again so I think yeah that that sort of like me time wasn't a priority at all and I didn't really understand it I kind of just was like what do I need that for like I know who I am but (laughs) clearly I didn't and I wasn't prioritizing like any of my hobbies um but yeah, that that wasn't something that I did the whole of my school life. That was just when things got really, really bad and stressful. But anyway, I've gone off topic again. But sleep, sleep, sleep well and sleep for eight hours. I think another thing that I would say um, is really good advice is like hobbies. Having that sort of like specific to you interest hobby like knitting or um like tv series that you really really like if you really like friends or if you like drawing something maybe artsy but it doesn't have to be but something that's like really specific to you that you actually really like and I think when they're hobbies that allow you to create something I think they can be really good for your mental health because it gives you that sort of purpose that you might feel like you're lacking but if you've created something from next to nothing um, I feel like that can really really help also something else that I find really helpful is like phone conversations um if I just call somebody that I know and love it's it can instantly change my mood because I I sometimes put like a brave face on but sometimes I'm just happy to like speak to them and to know that they're okay and that can actually just lift my mood and I don't want to often like bring the mood down which can kind of seem like a bad thing if I'm like masking how I'm actually feeling but it can often like just transform how I'm feeling um like fake it till you make it and not in an unhealthy way that like I'm denying myself of how I'm feeling but it can just like lighten the mood slightly or be uplifting if I speak to someone who you know does ask me those genuine questions of like how I'm feeling and making sure I'm okay and all of that so yeah um 
I don't really want to give any more like targeted advice because as I say I'm I'm not like <laughs> I'm not qualified to talk about mental health in like a specific way I've just got lots of experience reading about it talking about it experiencing it firsthand um and just really being surrounded by people like there's been a lot of people that come to mind um in my head who have suffered from poor mental health and that's been over the like all of my life like I've I've come into contact with lots of different people who have had lots of different mental health conditions and troubles and I've just picked up a lot of things along the way but as I say yeah I'm I'm, I'm not qualified but I hope that this episode has kind of like lifted the lid a little bit on what's going on with mental health out in the world and I hope that you take something from this episode. I just want to end the episode um, like I normally do with some quotes and today rather than picking one quote I've picked a few because as I said earlier I kind of turn to social media sometimes when my mental health isn't so great and I have lots and lots and lots of saved quotes um, on my Instagram um, which are uplifting which helped me on my darkest days so I've picked three quotes now that I really really like um one of them I've probably shared with you before because it's one of my favorite but I'm going to start with that one and it costs zero pounds to be a kind human and even on tricky days I think it's important for us to be kind even if we're not being kind to ourselves I think being kind to other people really really helps because a lot of um negativity that is out in the world is because people aren't feeling great about themselves so I think don't be one of those people try and be kind to yourself and try and be kind to other people even when you're not feeling great so that's one of my most treasured quotes the next one I have um, is again mental health focused and it says don't trust people who aren't good to themselves to be good to you so this one is kind of about people who don't look after themselves in a way which is healthy people who have lots of bad self-talk and things like that um people who are negative or who are negative about themselves are probably going to be negative towards you so don't put your faith in somebody who is a negative person and expect them to be a kind person because I kind of think that it's tricky to be both at the same time so yeah don't trust people who aren't good to themselves to be good to you and that's that one uh my last one um so this one is quite um I love a metaphor quote basically let me just read it we all have jagged pieces if we were all circles we wouldn't fit together so I think this one is so visual basically I think we all have those bits about us that are different and we're not all smooth surfaces we're not all circles we're not perfectly round um we're all you know we're not equilaterals (laughs) we're not um regular shapes we have jagged pieces um but we kind of all fit together because we all are very different and I think being different is what makes us us ourselves and 
I think it's it's great that we're all different and we're all individuals and I think that's something that I definitely teach in my lessons is that it's great that we're all different and it would be pretty strange and pretty boring if we're all circles and we're all perfect and we're all the same so yeah I'm gonna end on that one um, thank you so much for coming and listening this far to the episode. I'm very, very sorry if I got a little bit heated when talking about mental health. It's just something that's very close to my heart. And I, yeah, thank you so much. And please come and follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I want to share some like sneak peeks on there um, over the next few weeks because I have lots and lots of ideas about episodes so thank you for listening and i will see you very soon bye